welcome to At the Corner of Goff and Ellis, a podcast on the intersectionality of race and gender and its impact on young women of color. This show is hosted by me, Olivia Flores. Today, I'm joined by Ray Shonda Madison, a Sacred Heart Cathedral student from 2008 to 2011. Welcome to the podcast. Um, well, I guess we'll just get started. Um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Ray Shonda Madison. We're friends, so you can call me Shonda. Okay. I went to Sacred Heart Cathedral for three years of my high school career from um, freshman to junior. Okay. I switched schools my senior year, um, but I spent the majority of my time at Sacred Heart. So that definitely feels authentic to me. To, you know, like my high school experience was definitely at um, Sacred Heart. Um, today, I have the privilege of leading diversity, equity, and inclusion for a genetic information company called Invitae. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. I am married. I have two kids. Um, I live still in the Bay Area. I'm born and raised in San Francisco, um, which is really hard to find people who are from the city, born and raised. There's lots of transplants, yeah. but my family is from the city and um, I went to school there my whole life. So in um, elementary school, I went to George Washington Carver over on Third Street. Um, for middle school, I went to um, Martin Luther King over in San Bruno. And that's actually how I got in contact with Sacred Heart. So I was a inner city kid. I was going to middle school at Martin Luther King Jr. in San Bruno. Um, and then there was a presentation. Um, mm-hmm. some, some people came to the school to give a presentation. Mrs. Flores was one of those people. <laughs> and um, I remember being really blown away um, and really inspired. I think that's the word. They came and did a presentation. And I can't tell you exactly what the presentation about was about. It was definitely about Sacred Heart Cathedral is the first mm-hmm. time I had ever heard of it, but I was really drawn to your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, she was really authentic mm-hmm. um, and she gave us a lot of information about the school. And then once I found out it cost money, I was like, I ain't gonna be able to sleep now. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Flores was like, apply anyways, do it, apply. And I was like, okay. And I had talked to some teachers and they were like, hell yeah, girl, you need to do this. Like, definitely you should do it. And I had a writing teacher who was really like, wanted to see me win and do that and get into Sacred Heart. So he went out of his way to um, give me a recommendation letter. Wow. Um, I remember coming home and telling my parents about this presentation. I was so mm-hmm. serious. <laughs> They, I think, never seen me so excited or pumped up about school. And they, like, based off of my excitement, they were like, okay, let's figure out how we can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's really how I was introduced to Sacred Heart, um, going to Martin Luther King and applying. And we, I had to go through a special program because I didn't have enough money to pay, you know, regular admissions. Mm-hmm. I forget the name of the program that it was, but your mom was over, she was the head of that program. And yeah, so, I think the Piro program. Yeah, the yes. Piro program, exactly. And so um, once I got in, 
I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. There's no way. I remember touring the ethic. I remember touring Sacred Heart and feeling like this is some stuff that I've seen on TV, like <laughs> like the grassy in real life, and just really feeling like, man, this is incredible. I'm really excited to be here. Wow, that's great. Can you tell me a little bit about your overall experience as a student at SHC? Yeah. So overall, it was really tough for me. And there was a couple of reasons. So um, I told you I went to school in San Francisco my whole mm-hmm. life. I was born and raised there. And my senior year, when I was getting ready to go to Sacred Heart, my little sister was getting ready to go to middle school. We're about three mm-hmm. years apart. And my mom got a job in Fairfield, mm-hmm. uh, which for context is like 40 minutes outside of the city. It's in the suburbs. Yeah. And we had already bought a house there and we were, we were commuting to the city. So mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was very used to commuting from Fairfield yeah. um, to go to school. But at that point she had got a job that was near home. So mm-hmm. she made the decision, like I got into Sacred Heart. So they were like, you are definitely going. There's no if, ands, and buts about it. We're going to figure out how you're going to get there, but you're going. And my sister got to go to school in Fairfield. Mm-hmm. And so Having like, you know, having that, like I live all the way in Fairfield, I would have to carpool to the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't know anything about carpool back in the day, you just get in a stranger's car, basically. Oh, mm-hmm. And it's like a whole system. It was like you needed three people to get over the bridge. Back then it was free. It was like, oh, you're helping the environment. So it was free. You would have to like stand in the line. People would pick you up. They would pick up two people so that then they would have three people and then they would be able to get over the bridge without paying. Um, and I probably was like the only kid, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was in high school, um, but I did it. And okay. they would drop me off like downtown San Francisco and I would take the Muni all the way to school. Mm-hmm. So add into all, add all of that into my day before I even get to school. Yeah. Um, it was a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And so that also put a strain on me not being able to like join extracurricular activity. Mm-hmm. I never went to an SHC like basketball game or really wanted to that's when the girls were winning but the games were too late and I needed to get home and the carpool line ended at 6 p.m so I had to like get my tail at the carpool line like right after school so that didn't leave me a lot of time to um you know really be able to like join any clubs and stuff like that so there was that And then another thing that I think was interesting too, is that um, going to private school from public school is very Mm -hmm. different. And I'm kind of lucky because I got to see it different ways. So I started in public school. I went to high school for private school and then I left my senior year and I went to a public high school. Mm -hmm. So I was able to see these very different dynamics and it made me appreciate my whole experience a lot different. And so, for example, like at, at Sacred Heart, um, you had the chance to pick what language you wanted to study, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, they, they had lots of languages, way different from a public high school. Um, so Spanish and French and ASL and all kinds of stuff. I think Cantonese might have been one of them. And I was in Spanish class. I was really excited mm-hmm. about Spanish class. But one thing I noticed when I got when I got to Spanish class, I didn't know nothing, barely even see, right? Yeah. So I'm starting off from like, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. 
this is very different to the entire class. Like they've, they've been introduced to Spanish class before they got here. Yeah. Um, so either at their previous middle school, which was probably a, a private school, or they did some type of summer prep beforehand, but they were all very, um, very far above in Spanish. And <laughs> I remember feeling like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I not getting this? Why is the teacher moving so fast on this? And it's because, you know, they got like a class of 30 people. Mm -hmm. 29 of them, they already know all the vows and everything else. And yeah. then there's me, like, I don't know any of this. And mm -hmm. so um, it was important for me to have advocates like Miss Flores. Mm -hmm. um, Ms. Flores, who was like, let's get you out of Spanish class. This is not working. I think you should take ASL. Mm -hmm. And that changed my life. I ended up picking up ASL, ended up being like my second language for a long time. Wow. I excelled in it. And I really owe that to having advocates for me because mm -hmm. had I not had, um, you know, Miss Flores in there, I would have just failed the class and that would have been it, it for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing of just like having advocates there for you, especially when you're a BIPOC kid, right? And yeah. this is a private school. Private school is very different than public school. And you need to know how to navigate that in order to really be successful. In it. And I think I didn't know that while I was there, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is 2020 hindsight today. Um, but when I look back, it's definitely like, I was glad to have the advocates that I did have, um, but there were far and few between, for yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah. And so beyond that, I think my experience was very, um, I think for me, I was, I was excited to go to Sacred Heart. Um, they offered so many different opportunities. I think what really sold me is that it was like 99.9% .9 of the kids graduate from high school. And I was like, what? That's everybody. That's like, nobody's left out. Yeah. And that was really exciting for me because I really thought that I wanted to go to college and like, I wanted to be around just really good energy that mm -hmm. all had the same kind of mindset. And that's exactly sure. what it was. Um, and so when I left Sacred Heart, and I went to that public school, it was completely, it was so different. And it made me appreciate Sacred Heart in, in a couple of different ways. So one, I was already, you know, when you go to Sacred Heart, you're talking about college day one. So college is a conversation that you are constantly having year after year after year. It's not new by the time you get to senior year. Mm -hmm. So when I got to this public school my senior year, and folks is like, you know, I, I don't know what schools are out there. I haven't even applied. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's senior year. You, you're running behind. Like, are you for real? And yeah. so what I ended up doing is I ended up starting a club that would help people um, apply for their college application. Wow. Going back to Sacred Heart, there were some traumatic moments for sure. There's one in particular that sticks out to me that I will never forget. Mm -hmm. um, Sacred Heart used to have these all-student you know, student body kind of rah-rah um, events mm -hmm. in the Yeah. And they would have different themes every year. Um, one theme, it was like on alcohol. They had a lady come <laughs> who lost her daughter to drinking this, you know, a mini bottle of water, like the same size mm -hmm. of a mini bottle of water of alcohol. She drank that and she died mm -hmm. at a party. Um, and she was really advocating for like just, being careful yeah. and, you know, looking out for your friends and stuff like that. Um, and that, that was one that stuck with me even throughout like 
after I left Sacred Heart, that mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, let me not drink too much. So that was good, right? Yeah. And then one year they messed up. One year they had, um, I don't know if he was a priest. I want to say he was a priest because he had the white collar. Mm-hmm. He came in and the gymnasium is full. Everyone's in here. We're like, okay, what, you know, what theme is it this time? Mm-hmm. And he has this projector and the projector starts the lights go off the projector starts and it's a video of this woman at Planned Parenthood Mm. and she's going to go and have an abortion and his whole speech was on how we were all going to go to hell if we had abortions it was so traumatic Olivia Mm -hmm. that there were people getting up and walking out there were teachers getting up and walking out Girls were crying. Yeah, um, there was videos of like skeletal little babies mm-hmm. not all the way developed. It was like scared straight for teenage girls. And if you were like a girl and you were thinking about even having sex back then, that was like the worst thing ever. And it was super scary. I could tell the administration didn't know how off the charts he was going to be because they quickly were like, oh, okay, this is, they let it go on for a while, but then it was like, okay, we've got to cut this kind of, we got to go. Yeah. And I remember just being like, what is this? This is crazy. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It was really hard on a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Even the te- even some teachers were upset. Yeah. It was so bizarre. I cannot imagine something like that happening in 2021. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But back then it was like, it was really crazy. I was like, this is insane. I couldn't believe it. I do think that the administration tried to do, they, they tried to acknowledge that this was a mistake. Yeah. And I think that's the first part, right? It's like, yeah, we go to a Catholic school, but like, come on, you can't come telling everybody they're going to go to hell. Like he straight up said, you're going to hell. Yeah. You will go to hell. Yeah, it just was a lot. And, and it also, I think, made people feel like if I am in trouble, I can't come here and go to anybody because I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to go to hell potentially. Mm-hmm. They're going to make me go, you know, go to church and say my team, you know, like how, like, I think that discouraged us from being open about what we were going through. And I can distinctly remember my advocate, my person I went to was Mrs. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a great, great parents, a great mom, a great dad, but for whatever reason, when you're in high school, you just, yeah, you don't always want to open up to your parents yep. for whatever reason. And, um, Miss Flores was who I opened up to. And then she left, mm-hmm. she left, she went to Oregon and I remember feeling like, shit, what the hell am I going to do now? Like, mm-hmm. who am I going to talk to? Um, and Miss Flores really stuck her neck out for me. Um, she didn't have to, right? Going to a Catholic school, she didn't have she didn't have to at all, but she did, and she was authentic and um, non judgmental. Mm-hmm. And those are the kinds of leaders you need. Yeah, you are in that stage of your life for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all that. I think that's kind of like really important to acknowledge everything that happens because, you know, like not everything is 
perfect and school administration does mess up sometimes and like that's kind of what I want to be focusing on like where can my school improve so yeah thank you for sharing that I'm kind of kind of delving into specifics a little bit how did you feel that your gender impacted your experience at SHC I do feel like it impacted it a lot um in in way like especially when you are um a female you're a black female on top Mm -hmm. of that and your family is poor right so yeah you don't have that and I don't play any sports that's the other thing Mm -hmm. I feel like at Sacred Heart if you were black and you played a sport you were great they had your back they were going to make sure that you had the tutoring that you needed that you had the resources that you needed that you had the things the tools that you needed in order to Mm -hmm. show up and play that sport and contribute to the to the school Mm -hmm. but if you were not those things it was a lot tougher for you yeah Um, and you didn't have that rapport with teachers and things like that and I feel like that held me back in some ways I didn't go one thing that I know now as an adult is like if you go to private school in high school like you need to have either introduced private school in middle school to prep Mm -hmm. them for that Mm -hmm. or they're gonna or you need to be closely connected with the school to make sure that your your child is adjusting Mm -hmm. because it it does it moves a lot faster than a, a public school move who's all going over the same curriculum, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the students either they've gone to some type of summer camp or like I said before, their middle school was private, so they had a lot of resources to help them mm-hmm. prep for this piece. And college prep was just tough for me. It was. Okay. I was an inner city kid, like learning how to study and all of those things just, it took me a lot more time. And I had to have, I'm trying to remember who my counselor was, especially my junior year. I forget who she was. I'm blanking on her name. I wish I could say it, but she was really great with me with just like helping me learn how to like have those skills of like, how do you study for Mm -hmm. an exam? um that has a lot of material right study for that how to study for several exams at the same time how to communicate when you need help in the classroom if they're going over a lesson and then you're at home you're like I didn't even get this in class like Mm -hmm. how to speak up in the class and how to ask a question in a way where you don't feel like you sound dumb Mm -hmm. um or that you holding up the class and like those are skills that you just have to learn that are Mm -hmm. really tough to do when the when the class is already moving really fast um and so I feel like as a woman as a girl it was really hard to speak up and say Mm -hmm. can I ask you can you can you just go back to that first piece that you said I missed that like I'm not understanding how you got to x and Mm -hmm. we're talking about y you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like yeah you go over that piece again and um you know like I was I was afraid I was I didn't want to sound you know you don't want to sound stupid. You don't want to feel like you're stupid. Um, but I did have a few teachers who did notice and would say, okay, how can I help with this? Mm-hmm. Like, do you, do you want to come after class and kind of, you know, come one-on-one? I had an English teacher like that. I was failing his class at first. It was really tough. Um, and then we started reading, um, Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. and I loved it I was obsessed with it I couldn't put it down um but I didn't know how to study yeah. and 
had this big exam and my whole grade was over this big exam. And I met with my counselor probably four times a week after school to really focus on this damn test. And I learned so many skills on just like how to study and stuff like that. Yeah. I ended up doing really well in the test, but that was just one test. Yeah. And I felt like this is something that I got like at the end when really I should have like been doing this from the very beginning. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I completely I felt, relate. Like, oh, I wish I had this resource my freshman year or like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. in the beginning of the school year. So it's not like I'm at the end and I'm trying to play catch up mm-hmm. uh, is what I felt like I was doing a lot of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can relate. I'm um, especially to um, like school has usually come very easy to me. But then like once I got to junior year, it's like things like really started picking up and I didn't know how to study for things, especially for things that weren't coming easy to me. And so I didn't know what to do. And I hadn't built a good relationship with my counselor. So I didn't feel that that was a person that I could turn to. Yeah. Um, So it kind of just kept building up until this year. Finally, I was able to sit down with my counselor after like some pushing from my parents and just like people in my life in general. Um, And now I'm back on track, but yeah, those. And it's like, don't you wish that like, I wish I would have talked to her freshman year to really like, and it's so like, what I learned too, is that those counselors are not everywhere. Mm -hmm. When I was at public school, Girl, the counselors were overworked, (laughs) overbooked, overstimulated. They were like Mm overit.com. Okay. Like they didn't want nothing to do with us. They barely knew the students' names. It was like night and day. Mm -hmm. So once I got to see that and like going from that, from like Sacred Heart to my counselor, who like you, my junior year, we were like tight as thieves. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) at that point, it's kind of late. Like it's late today. Yeah. Um, I was like, wow, I can't believe these counselors is like this when I went to the public too. I'm like, wait, so y'all don't meet with y'all counselors? And they're like, I don't even know who my counselor is. Mm-hmm. And it changed four times or something like that. Yeah. And that made me like, wow, this is so different. And like, it made me realize how important that is too, because that mm-hmm. keeps like, those counselors help prep you and they also help get you the resources that you need. But if you don't utilize that resource or even think of it as a resource, mm-hmm. right? Because most times you just, I, I'm trying to remember in school how it felt to like go see a counselor. Like it just, it felt taboo. Like, yeah. you don't want to say, yeah. oh, I got to see my counselor. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, get you in trouble? You all right, girl? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is everything okay at home kind of thing? And it wasn't like, uh, like, hey, I'm meeting with my counselor to like, you know, like you just don't mm-hmm. have that thought in your mind. And if you don't have great parents like yours who were like, Go meet with that counselor mm-hmm. today. <laughs> She's there to help yeah. you. You know what I mean? Like, I already know that's how they like. So if you don't have that, you just are not mm-hmm. using that piece of it. And it's such a huge piece of mm-hmm. uh, your resource um, that will really like help you. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you said you said so many <laughs> things I absolutely relate to. Like it's, it's crazy. I'm glad I was thinking, Oh God, I hope I'm like, let me like, I definitely think about my time at Sacred Heart so much, especially cause my, yeah. you know, like I had those, those three years, mm-hmm. you know, I had a good time. I had friends, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like, I wasn't able to be super social, yeah. and, you know, and I'm a social person. I'm a social butterfly. I'm mm-hmm. a very extroverted person. Um, and so when my parents pulled me out, uh, Sacred Heart my senior year Mm -hmm. 
And really what happened is like a bunch of us had got in trouble because one of these girl, one girl in our class, she had posted, it was like finals time. Mm-hmm. And she posted her answers to her. We all, all of us had this horrible math teacher. Mm-hmm. And I won't name no names. He was horrible though. He was horrible. Everybody was failing the class. Yeah. We were all stressed. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody was like, how the hell are we going to pass this final? Because the final was like, you know, a big part of our grade. And he was, he was having the same, like him and another teacher were using the same final. Like mm-hmm. they had like two, two versions yeah. or something like that. One of the students, um, she was an Asian girl. She was doing great in his class. A bunch of people in the class pressured her to like give the answers to the test. Mm. She ended up posting that her scantron on Facebook. It was a scandal, girl. This was a scandal. <laughs> she posted the scan- scantron on Facebook. Uh-huh. And the next day, like the administration found out about it. Uh-huh. So they ended up scratching the test, giving us a whole new test. Everybody failed the damn test. Go mm-hmm. figure. So we all had to go to summer school. Mm-hmm. So in summer school, he ended up being the summer school like president mm-hmm. or you know principal or whatever and um that that summer school experience was just like not my best yeah and you know I lived in Fairfield it was harder for me to get to the city it just was tough and I remember having to like go and see him a couple times and even my dad happened to come up there and like we had to have a meeting with him to just kind of talk about like is she going to be able to make it through summer school and like his his energy was so he had already had his mind made up about me mm-hmm. and my dad picked up on it. Yeah. He picked up on it in the meeting and he just felt like one it's super expensive to send you back your senior year, because even though I was in this program that helped me with the cost, they still had to pay the registration fee, which went up every single year. Mm-hmm. And so by the time we got to my senior year, it was thousands of dollars that yeah. they just didn't have. And you know, he's like, listen, you want to go to prom, you want to go to college, you have all these college applications that need to be due. Like, if I'm being honest, you like, just come go to school at home. Mm-hmm. Like, then you won't have to commute. And they tried to sell it to me like that. But I was like, hell no, it's my senior year. Like, are y'all serious? I remember feeling so pissed at my parents. Mm-hmm. And feeling like, how could you pull the rug from under me? It's my senior year. It's my yeah. last year. And I was pissed. I was like, I'm going to rebel. I'm going to just be the worst student ever. And Olivia, my senior year was the best year of my life. Mm-hmm. It was so good. I was a cheerleader. I got to cheer. <laughs> I got to start that club to help other people like yeah. sign up for college. I, because I had, I was, my classes were already so advanced from Sacred Heart going to the public school. I only had like three classes because I had mm-hmm. so many credits and so I only like went to school like half the day really it was just amazing it was like I made so many friends I just was able to just have more ease Mm -hmm. in my high school experience which is like when I think about it it's like what what was something that I always wanted in high school and it was ease like I just always felt like I had to be on the move like I'm commuting in the morning so I've like gotta hurry up and get to school Mm -hmm. And I got to hurry up and get home. And there was never any time to just like yeah. be easy yeah. for it to be easy for me. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, sorry. I don't know if that answered your question. I just no, you did. <laughs> and I can totally relate to the whole commuter thing because I live in Napa 
and mm. my dad works at Sacred Heart. So we mm. commute in together. Um, yeah. But because it's my dad, like I'm able to stay after school, he'll wait for me so that way I can do all those clubs and extracurriculars. So That's I awesome. can't even imagine if I had had to go through what you went through, um, because I feel like all those extracurriculars and everything outside of school have really made my experience. I bet. So, right. Yeah. Those are all the things that I feel like I was always like really yeah. like interested in. Like there's a rowing club. They going rowing. There's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all kinds of different things that I just didn't have the opportunity to even like I had my my elective was acting. And I was mm-hmm. really good at it. And yeah. they wanted me to be in a play. I couldn't stay long yeah. enough to do that. I couldn't, you know, do the practice and um, and so like, I hear you on like, those things really shape your experience. They do. Sure. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to stay connected to SHC after you left? You know, for me, I have been able to connect through like Facebook, mm-hmm. but I think I feel because I didn't graduate my senior year. Yeah. There's this piece of me that feels like, am I in a love? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I always go back and forth about that. There's so much that I would love to give to Sacred Heart or connect mm-hmm. through heart um but there's a piece of me that is like is it authentic because I didn't graduate yeah and I I feel like it was such a huge experience for me I went there for three three out of four of my years um that I go back and forth about like you know am I an alumni am I not because I didn't graduate and it I think I overthink it too Mm -hmm. um so I don't stay as connected as I would like to for those reasons I think that's understandable, but I would certainly say you're an alumna. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I would say so too. For sure. <laughs> um, a couple more things I'd like to share with you. Um, one is this quote that I found, I want to say like my, maybe my freshman year. It's by Sonia Sotomayor, by the way. Um, she says, I think it's important to move people beyond just dreaming into doing. They have to be able to see that you were just like them and you made it. Um, so in reflection on this quote, do you think representation matters? Oh, absolutely. Miss Flores was my only mm-hmm. brown companion. Mm-hmm. And then she left. And you see how I can barely remember anybody else after yeah. that. Like, and, and I had, you know, there were this, this counselor who, you know, I met with a lot and I can barely remember her name. Mm-hmm. Um, but Miss Flores was my only representation that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so important. And I feel like it, um, it really comes full circle for me. Like what I stand for today, the woman I am today is to make sure that there's more representation that um, more black and brown folks see me and say like, okay, I can do this. I can be in this healthcare mm-hmm. space. I can be in this genetic space. Um, and you need that even in high school, mm-hmm. you, you need that as early as you can possibly get yeah. to be quite honest. I agree. Um, and so representation was something that was far and few between at Sacred Heart for sure. Um, and I think that also, um, that also keeps black and brown students not getting everything that they need because mm-hmm. when you, um, don't have people who also come from these experiences or come from, um, you know, different backgrounds, mm-hmm. then you miss out 
on supporting the students as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely things that they could have done to support me more for sure. Especially being a school that is in the middle of the city. Yeah. Um, it's very expensive to go to. So if you have students there who don't have those, like obviously are not paying that full amount, what are more resources that they need besides mm -hmm. just help with the pay? Yeah. There's lots more, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, and so all of that, I feel like is definitely something that Sacred Heart can improve on and representation is like the first, I would say for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and then Lastly, what advice would you give to young women of color at SHC today? I would say um, use all the resources that you possibly can, even if they feel them. Mm -hmm. If there's a study group after school, go to it. Mm -hmm. If you don't know who your counselor is, get familiar with it. Make sure yeah. they know who you are. Mm -hmm. um, because the more you start showing up, the more other people want to show up for you. And if you feel like you don't have an advocate or you're just like, I don't even really know what that means. If you need something in school, if that's like, you know, you need help studying, you need help setting up times to really focus on the material, whatever the case may be, say something, ask for it. Don't be afraid to speak up. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for help or for clarification or to say like, hey, I need I need more of this. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think that will really help your experience. And also I would say, just dive in, mm -hmm. dive in, do as many, as many things as you possibly can. If you want to roll, do it. Mm -hmm. if you want to play lacrosse, do it. If you want to, you know, be in a book club, do it. If you want to like be in the chess club, just go for yeah. it. Um, don't feel like you have to have all of these things in order to do it first. Mm -hmm. Just do it. Yeah, I think that's so that great would be advice. My advice for sure. Um, and lastly, I have just a couple speed round questions that we can get through. Um, sure. So first is, who was your favorite teacher at SHC? Um, Miss Shapiro. Hmm, okay. Um, what was your favorite class? American Sign Language um, <laughs> with with Mr. Corbell. He was amazing and a rebel. What was your favorite memory from SHC? Oh, that's a good one. Um, my favorite memory is going to mass. Hmm, okay. Mass was always so beautiful. No matter what still is, yeah. religion you were or what background you came from. I love that. Do you have a favorite SHC tradition? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, the Bruce Mahoney. Yes. So I never <laughs> to go to a lot of games, but the Bruce Mahoney was one that I like. I'm spending the night at a friend's house, mm -hmm. something, because I have to go to the Bruce Mahoney. Yeah. Um, and so that is definitely a tradition that I loved. Mm -hmm. um, and lastly, what book do you recommend all SHC students read? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would say Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It teaches you about finance mm -hmm. and just how money works. Yeah. And, and also just how just how education, life, and money work all together. Mm -hmm. And I think when you are financially illiterate, yeah, um, those things stick with you throughout your life. Mm -hmm. And so learning those things as soon as you can is very important. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter how much money your family has or your parents have, it, it matters what you do with it. Mm -hmm. 
I completely how, agree. How you use it in your life. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. This was such a great conversation. Um, I loved listening to you talk about your experience. Um, I thought you gave some great advice. Um, so thank so you. Fun. You are a really great interviewer. Let me just <laughs> really made it easy for me. And I really appreciate these questions. You made me like think back to some <laughs> Sometimes I thought I had let go, but I will never forget going to Sacred Heart. Um, I think it did definitely impact my life in a lot of different ways. And so I appreciate having this call. And thank you for, thank you to your mom for even thinking of me to be like, hey, like, let's reach out to Shonda. Yeah. Thank you again to Shonda for joining me on today's episode, and a quick shout out to her son Jace for his special guest appearance. I so admire Shonda for her commitment to making workplaces more equitable, while balancing her most important role as a mother. And thank you to the listeners for checking out my podcast. I will see you in the next one.